Today, David Campbell and I talk about another sleeping giant. The number 60 team in the country is the Maryland Terrapins out of the Big Ten. We got everything about their roster, including returning players, a couple key transfers that they have, and of course, their new coach, Kevin Willard. Thanks everyone for tuning in, and hope you enjoy this episode of Selection Summer. The number 60 team in the country going into next season out of the Big Ten is the Maryland Terrapins. David, second Big Ten team that we've discussed so far on Selection Summer. Yep. Under an, on another team with a new coach, Kevin Willard, who I'm not the biggest fan of, but I understand why some people are. He had one, one tournament win in I think like 11 years at Seton Hall. and. I understand like where he got them to, but and I and I also understand that like he missed like he missed an opportunity with Miles Powell as, as a senior, his uh in twenty twenty, but one one tournament win out of the amount of talent that they had. Not not that it was like absurd, like they were like winning all these recruiting battles, but like Miles Powell won one tournament game. Yeah. In his life, it's, it's it's you know it's interesting. Um, I do think that Kevin Willard still has some to show. Um, I think it's gonna be interesting. He's given the chance to take over a solid program in Maryland. Obviously, Mark Kershaw was fired early on last season. Um, I'm interested to see what he does in a new environment. Um, you know, people complain about him not having the wins, but he gets there. He gets the tournament five times the past six. Um, past six times it was played. Also, the past six years, but really it's twenty twenty, was not played. Um, he won the Big East. Uh, he won a regular season championship. Won in the tournament as well. Won a conference tournament. Um, he won Coach of the Year as well. Um, this I'm just reading his bio right now because I I had some notes as well. But I was reading his bio. He's Kevin Willard is one of ten active coaches in Power Six to have achieved a regular season conference championship, a conference tournament championship, and earning conference Coach of the Year. Uh, one of 10 in power six conferences. So um, obviously we think he's a solid enough coach, but we need to see him go bigger. I think that's kind of what we, uh, what we're saying right now. Yeah. L listen, Willard was hired for w one reason. And that's because he knows the DMV area, an area yeah. that Maryland should dominate in recruiting, but Turgeon was unable to do that. And sure enough, Willard comes in 2023 class. They've already got a kid committed from Baltimore. So like, it, it's a, it's a good start, right? Like the, like he, he was brought in to fix the recruiting problem. And if he can do that, I think Maryland should, will, will probably be very happy. Yeah, totally. They're, they're a program. And I, I really do think that they should, I aim for higher um, in the big 10. They, they have the potential to be one of, I think one of the, powerhouses in this conference if they really put everything together and Turgeon was a solid coach but he was never really easy I never really able to do that we'll see if Willard can but you said it last episode as a teaser they're kind of a sleeping giant and I think you know I think you're right I think they're uh they're a sleeping giant here in uh, in the big Ten. yeah the, their fan base is is nuts when, when they're good like 
Yeah. Uh, my, my father personally was booed in the bathroom there when <laughs> he went to see Duke play there. But yeah, no, like they're, like they're a really good fan base when they're good. And they, they have the resources to be, to be good. So it'll be interesting to see if Willard can fix that problem. And th- David, I hate to say it, but part of the problem last year was the fact that Fats Russell took the second most shots on their team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's gone. That's not going to happen anymore. And Eric Ayala is also gone, who I liked in a secondary scoring role, but mm-hmm. never thought he was going to be the guy for Maryland. And, you know, this was a yeah, team last year that they came to the season, pr- predicted to finish fifth in the Big Ten, somewhere around there. Like, they, they were expected to be a tournament team. And they ended up being just absolutely awful. So, and so <laughs> like, here, here we are the following year, and they have a somewhat similar roster. But I think they should be much better. Um, and, and part of that's Kevin Willard. And part of that is the fact that they got Jameer Young from Charlotte, who I think yeah. is a top 100 player in the country. I don't think we've had a team – so far on selection summer, that's had one of my what my top 100 players. Um, Rutgers Ed McConnell, he's right around there. But other than that, like I, I think the first team to have a top 100 player for me is oh, Maryland. I was gonna say Darius McGee, but Liberty didn't make the cut. No, they they were uh, they were they just missed. They they did receive some votes, but Caduce Hobbs on a top 100 player. No, okay, and he's also a he's a. <laughs> But Jameer Young is six one guard from Charlotte. Um, really, really good efficiency numbers last year, considering he was at a conference USA school where he was his usage was really high. And I expect him to trans. Like, I feel very good about him translating to the Big Ten. Very, very good. Especially considering what um what Kevin Willard's been able to do with scoring guards yeah. in the past, like the. Him and, and then Donald Carey, they also got from Georgetown, who I'm a little lower on because just because the shooting splits were so bad last year. But Young, Young should be an impact player. Like, probably will make a, like a third team for me in, in the Big Ten when we do our Big Ten preview. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of new guards in this Big Ten. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of guys running the point. Whether that is and some, some off-ball guards as well, you know, whether that's a TJ Shannon, they got uh, Illinois, Sky Clark's right on the point for them. Um, Minnesota Rollins from Michigan. I was gonna get there, Liddy. You only know, get there. Well, and I was gonna say Taylon Cooper from Minnesota, but that one's a little yeah. less. Than that. Um, ah, no, he's he's important too. I think he's a solid player. So, um, so yeah, there's there's a ton of chances for oh Isaac like Kiki's another one as well, or like likely or like likely. Like, Likely, like, I like to at, say at, like, Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State they called him Ice. Ooh, Ice likely. likely. Ice likely. Ooh, that's <laughs> tough. All right, I'm, I'll call him Ice then. Um, by the way, why was Matt Ryan nicknamed ever Matty Ice? That makes no sense to me, but not the point. It's a college basketball show. Um, but Jameer Young's another one of those guys is going to compete for a top three guard in the con- uh, in the country. Jeez, uh, top three guard of the conference. Yeah, um, another another guy I like a lot actually for Maryland who struggled last year, Julian Reese. I, I okay. think he he was utilized very poorly last year. He's six nine, and they like because of his size and because Maryland outside of Kudus Wahab didn't really have a lot of true post players. 
they, they kind of utilized um, Reese in more of a post role when he operates much better as a wing. I, I'm willing to bet Kevin Willard fi- figures that out pretty quickly and and adjust accordingly. And yeah, me too. Like, like this is a team that's going to be playing a lot on the perimeter. Dante Scott play, plays on the perimeter. Hakeem Hart can. Like, it, it's it's just going to be a really interesting team with not a lot of true post players. Yeah, no, totally. Um, there, there's a lot of shots to be taken with this Maryland team, whether that is Jameer, uh, Jameer Young or Julian Reese. Um, some other guys in the front court are Hakeem Hart, Dante Scott, um, I'm a big fan of Dr. Scott. I think he's, um, I think he's a really solid player, John. Yeah, I think no, he, he is he's really good for, for this Maryland team. I mean, if they have hopes of making the tournament, he needs to be. And, uh, I'm really excited to, to watch him play. Yeah. Dr. Scott could shoot a little shot, shot around 30% from three, three last year. And, like you know, like when you, when you have a guy that, that at, at six, eight, that's, that's going to step out and can play on the perimeter and knock down down shots it's a key that's a key part that's that's a very modern basketball thing and i, I think kevin willard will be very happy with this his skill set so um hakeem hart i'm also a big fan of 60 point i love hakeem hart a 60.1 effective field goal percentage last year which is extremely good yeah so, like the maryland needs like last year they were just such such a mess and like and like any team with fats russell on it is gonna gonna be just a disaster when it comes to shot taking and like a lot, another team, like I keep coming back to this when we, when we record these episodes, but like Maryland needs structure and they, they need organization. And like, I think this team, this team can legitimately compete for a maybe top five spot in, in the big 10. And we'll, like, we'll kind of get into that when we do best and worst case, but like yeah. the, the, this is a team w- w- with some talent. They, they got some guys with, w- with good skill sets. Yeah, there's someone I want to mention, John. Mm-hmm. Some research on this team. Hopefully, I pronounce his name right. Pavlo Zuba. Yeah, Zuba, Ukrainian from Kiev. Um, I gotta say, he is a transfer from Arizona. Never got the chance to play, but he was a four-star recruit. Played in Europe, averaged some solid points there, and he played with FC Barcelona's U18 team. And, and he's a guy, you know, obviously there's a lot of political stuff going on in Ukraine right now, but if he's given the chance to play as a role player, he, he could be something special, John. Yeah, this is the, like, he, you, you said he transferred from Arizona? Arizona State. Arizona State. Okay, interesting. Because, like, you, you usually, like, foreign guys are so hard to evaluate. Like, I just, like, them coming over to play college basketball is so difficult because there's usually never like anything on them to watch. Like I was trying to watch Bob Miller a couple weeks back for Florida state who I love. Yeah. Like I couldn't find anything. I, I, I watched like two like videos on, on him uh, that I found on YouTube. Each were like six to eight minutes. Like that's all I could find. Like, yeah, that, that's all I have. And like, I was really impressed, but like, I, I like with these foreign prospects, you just never know how much there is. That, yeah. that's out there on them. Yeah, and what's interesting about him is when his freshman season, which was 2020-2021, he was the youngest player in college basketball. He was only 17. He's a junior because his buddy entered his third year, but he's a young player. He's only 19 years old. He only appeared in eight games freshman year, and I don't know how many games he appeared in his sophomore year, but I'm looking at his bio here. He says only posted three points and a pair of rebounds um, 
versus Quinnipiac in, <laughs> in, in November 9th. So he transferred there in June of 2021. He transferred there not this, not, well, not this season, but last season. Yeah. He never really had a chance to play. And I'm hoping that Kevin Willard gives him the chance. Yeah. It may be, it may be a guy that they thought they needed to develop for a year, maybe yeah. a little longer before they got him into action. He so, played the first uh, game of the year. And I don't know what else he did. Let me just pull the stats because, like, that was, November 9th was the first game of the year. Like, that's the first game of the year. Um, all right, I'm pu- I'm pulling up Maryland's schedule because, as you know, go we for are. it. You, you do it. I'll look at Zuba played in eight games. None of them started, and he only took three shots. He only took three shots. You know, heavy minutes for four players. I mean, there's four players on this Maryland team that averaged th- over 30 minutes a game, and obviously two of them were Fats and Ayala. And now Dante Scott and Akeem Hart return. Caduce Wahab obviously transfers out. Um, but he played, he only played 19 minutes a game. But yeah, four players who played over 30 minutes. So there's a lot of room for this team. It's like 60 minutes a team, uh, 60 minutes of game time. I so, think Pablo Zuba could take that. So so Maryland's schedule, they're non, they're by the way, they're non-conference. Super interesting. Super interesting. So they, they're gonna open the season with three home games against Niagara, Western Carolina, and Binghamton. In, t- in like, in in typical Maryland fashion, like they might lose one, they, they yeah. might lose one of those games. Oh, so, yeah. but in all likelihood, they start three now. Then they play in the Hall of Fame tip off. Field for that only four teams, but very good field. Maryland, I believe, is the four seed in, in this tournament, and they're going to be matched up against the one seed, which is St. Louis in the in the first round. The two and Ooh. three. Seed, the, the two and three seed in, in this are Providence and Miami. So two quality games for, for Maryland to kind of really show how, go, how yeah. good they can be. You know, you, we like love St. Louis. St. St. Louis is a high-quality basketball team that is going to get way, way better with what, they, what they're bringing back. Because they didn't have Javante Perkins I last year. I love St. Louis so much, dude. You have no idea. That, that game as well. That game, um, th- that tournament's being played in Uncastleville, Connecticut. At I, I, f- I forget what the what the freaking venue is called up there, but the stadium, the arena. Yeah, it's it's something they they use that stadium. I think a lot. Like, is that where the Connecticut Sun play? Huh? Is that where the Connecticut Sun play? I don't think so. Maybe hold on. Un- is is it called Mohegan Sun? Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. I, I, That's the Connecticut Sun Arena, bro. There's no way there's more than like three basketball arenas in UConn in Connecticut. Well, you, I mean, you have the UConn Stadium. <laughs> yeah, two a UConn yeah. Stadium, Mohegan Sun, Mo- and then I don't even know what else. Yeah, Mohegan Sun will be will be the the host of the Hall of Fame tip off, and then so after that, Maryland of course has their Big Ten ACC Challenge game, in which they're going to go to Louisville, who we who we've already discussed on on selection yeah. summer. Why those those two t- wait, should they be playing a Big Ten team? They're in the ACC. Ha, ha, ha. So funny, David. Ha, so funny. I, do, I wish they were still in the ACC. Yeah. I, I kind of want, like, I low key want a Duke to play them this year, play, to play Maryland. Because that was. No, yeah, obviously. I wanted. Why would you not want your team to not play a, a stronger team that you lost to last year and play a weaker Maryland team instead? Uh, my Maryland's, Maryland used to be a rival, so it would have been fun. Sure. Okay. Um. So yeah, Maryland is going to play at Louisville. Two teams that we feel are pretty evenly matched. 
Mm-hmm. And then, the, then they have like a huge break. But then they're gonna play. I don't know if what event it is, um, or if there's a name for the event. But they're playing Tennessee in Brooklyn. What? <laughs> Why would Rick Barnes go to Brooklyn to play Maryland? <laughs> I don't know. Do, do, do you think I have any explanation for what Rick Barnes does? <laughs> hey, he's going to make Zakai Ziegler an all-SEC teamer this year, according to you. He, he is. He is. He, he definitely is. Dude, I, I love Ziegler. You, you know that. I do. So, um, I'm trying to look at the name of the event. We'll Hall of Fame in, Hall, it's called the Hall of Fame Invitational. So, Maryland's playing, Maryland is playing in the Hall of Fame tip-off and the Hall of Fame Invitational. Well, good for Maryland. Considering what they did last year, I don't think Maryland and Hall of Fame should come close to the same time. Is there ever been a coach for Maryland that's, like, gone to the Hall of Fame? I could be, like, drawing a huge blank there. Mark, Yeah, I forget who their coach was in 2002 when they won the national championship. But Gary Gary Williams, maybe? I I could be talking out of – Roy Williams? going nuts again. But um, – Wrigley! So Maryland Maryland is going to play Tennessee and Brooklyn. Three days later, UCLA comes to Maryland. <laughs> what? Okay. Who, okay, did Kevin Willard, like, assign these games? Bro must be the best negotiator of all time. Hey, Mick, come over to across the country to play a below-average team in a probably ruckus stadium early in the season. Thoughts? Yeah. Mick's like, yeah, sure, I'm down. What yeah, do and, then, and then, to clo- by the way, to close out their non-conference schedule, they host St. Peter's and UMBC. A week apart. Dude, those are like those games where Willard's just like, <laughs> that's like when you're like looking through your non-con games on like NCAA Basketball 10 and you're like, oh, St. Peter's, they're fun. Because like, you know, they're, they're, I recognize them because of the big upset this year. I should pick them. <laughs> Picking like get names in NCAA Football 14. Hmm, what's a good home non-con we could play? Do they go to St. Peter's and UMBC? No, no, they're both, they're both at Maryland. Oh, thank goodness, dude. I'd have some serious. Uh, credit questions. to Maryland, dude. They're doing a good job with scheduling. Dude, outside of the Big Ten ACC Challenge, they get to play their MTE in Connecticut. They get to play a neutral site game in Brooklyn, and they get to play UCLA at home. Yeah, that's great, crazy. Great, great home home. It's got to be a home at home. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> no way Mick Cronin's making a one-time trip out to Maryland. Hey, he better get used to doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that's the reason they did it. Mick knew beforehand that – that like he was gonna have to go to Maryland before he's like might as well prep for the for the thing now. He just turns to, to his team. He's like, "All right, Jaime Tiger, I know you're not gonna be here in three years, but we need to start getting ready for the trips out to the East Coast." No, Mick like starts like Mick be the guy like plan out his like walk. He's like, "Well, the game here is on a Saturday. On the Friday, I'll go eat at Buster's and order a deep dish." pizza or something like that he'd be like that guy like plan out his whole weekend and he makes that same weekend like every single year when they play maryland yeah <laughs> it's a tradition it's a tradition yeah it's a tradition it's a tradition all right what's what's the best case and worst case scenario for this maryland team? best case scenario they're in the upper half of the big 10 behind teams like you know just behind team like right, right behind them michigan illinois michigan state and maybe they Finish ahead of an Ohio State team. Does that team, this team have that much potential? Kind of depends on Willard himself. Uh, worst case is they're worse than Wisconsin, Minnesota, and they're kind of in that. They play, they play day one uh, on Indianapolis. Yeah. Worst case scenario is kind of where we have them right now. Yeah. Which is, which is like 
the 11th or, or 12th best team in the Big Ten. But like, not to say, not to say that that's, like, not to say where this is this is where they're going to be because like, like after the top three in the Big Ten, I think you could argue that like four through 11 could be anywhere in, in the league. Without a doubt, I mean, without a doubt, the middle of the Big Ten it's going to be the most puzzling, like middle of any Power Six conference. You know, I mean, the SEC is up there too, but like. The middle of the Big Ten is just a mess, and it's I have no idea how to sort it out. It's going to be a headache to try to see see those teams yeah. when when March comes around. It's definitely, um, definitely going to be like one of those things where Minnesota goes to Wisconsin and wins, and then Wisconsin goes to Iowa and wins, and Iowa goes to Minnesota and wins. Like it's a whole circle, and then of course you have well, Indiana's really good. So I'll say like you know, I'm going to think of other teams. Rutgers is up there. Purdue, well. Purdue is a great example. Um, I like Michigan State more than most, but we're they're kind of in the middle of our rankings, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Best best case for me is they finish around like sixth in the, in the, in the Big Ten, maybe maybe fifth. I think I think saying that they have a shot at, the, at a double buy in the Big Ten tournament is a stretch. But yeah, I, that's 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 probably true. It really just kind of depends on if Willard clicks with his guys right away. I mean, we've seen first year coaches who just ball out, you know, at solid yeah. programs. But we'll see if anything with that changes. You know, yeah, he's comfortable. They seem happy with him. So that's gonna wrap up this episode of Selection Summer. Number 59 tomorrow, David, we go back to the mid-major ranks, and it's going to be one of the, our favorite episodes of the yeah, year. You, without you, a doubt. You, you know who it is. We, we, I David do. and I saw this team play in, per, in person. That's as much as I'll, get, I'll give. But We're going to spend 15 like, minutes on one player, dude. <laughs> if, like, if, if someone were to ask me the question, who is the most underrated team in college basketball next year, this is probably my answer. Or at least two answers, or at least one of my ans- one of my two answers. So, who's the best player in the country? No, not <laughs> actually. But we love this guy. Yeah, no, he's awesome. This this guy, and we'll like we we could spend fifteen minutes talking about him tomorrow. But thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode of Marathon to March. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs>